Arf! They're jamming the radar, man. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another great review episode of the Movie Toast News and Reviews Podcast. I'm Dennis, and with me is Adam. Hey, what's up, Dennis? How's it going? I'm doing pretty good, man. How about yourself? I can't complain. Got a couple of movies in this week, so I'm pumped to talk about them. Ah, sweet. Me too. A couple of new, something old, something classic. Mm. Yeah, something old, something new, something blue, something borrowed. We we got it all. That's right. Get married to this show. We'll we'll become life church ordained or whatever it is to marry you people off. Oh, damn. Yeah. Never thought about that. We should totally get our licenses. Yeah, we can Skype and double team it. Yeah. If you want to get married by us, let us know. We'll Skype into your wedding. I would love that. That's I'm not joking. The, I'm being dead serious. That's going to be the the high tier on the Patreon rewards <laughs> when we get that going. Okay. Uh, yeah. The max donators will will do it. We'll do it. Give us twenty five bucks. We'll get you married. <laughs> we'll even oh, get you divorced man. if you want. We don't care. We'll do it all. That's the even higher tier package. That will be the <laughs> ultimate movie toast fan package. Divorce uh. party. All right. So. I'm just going to tear into my first review here, buddy. I, I'm, nice. I am excited to say I finally got around to seeing the film Parasite. Really Ooh, I know you've been dying to watch this one, man. Yeah, it was, a, it was a family movie night. We voted on finally getting, getting around to. I had a lot of fun watching this movie. The, okay. It was not, I, I will say, going into it, I had a certain expectation of what I thought the movie was going to be mm-hmm. based on what a lot of the advertising was. Oh, I yeah. kind of thought it was going to be some kind of virus or some kind of, yep. like, maybe a That's zombie or looks. a fucking monster shows up. In the trailer, you see the, the dust blowing in the house and, like, it just seems dramatic and intense. I'll, yeah, I, I got to admit, like, I, for a while, it's like I kept kind of waiting for a turn to this mm-hmm. to like a sci-fi movie or something and it never happened and it's like oh okay but and i honestly i still had fun getting to that point the first uh, what hour or so of the movie was fucking hilarious yeah. i loved the dialogue the characters are really funny i i a couple times uh, in the movie i said something to val how several of the characters kind of remind me of various bluths from Arrested yeah. Development, like they kind of just have this vibe of like, fuck it, we're gonna we're gonna take what we want and we're gonna figure out how to get it by any means necessary because we believe we deserve this. The whole attitude the family has was interesting. Like it's they, so they, I know we new. might be spoiling this, but do you want to give a rundown of what actually happened since it's not a zombie or outbreak movie? So it's it starts off with this uh, family of not great great means they uh they rent a below ground apartment in a very urban sprawl city and uh the the son gets this job opportunity to work for this very wealthy family a buddy of his can't cover the position they need a new uh english teacher for their daughter this this wealthy family so the son's taking the position he's 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 can teach enough English that he can kind of scrape by and fake through actually being a teacher, even though he has no credentials. And where this kind of sounds a little fishy, you come to find out his whole family's kind of (laughs) scam artists. They're all very good at lying through their teeth and appearing as though they belong to a certain group. You know, like they, they can carry themselves in any way they choose to in order to perceive them as something else. But it's very funny. It sounds a lot I feel like it sounds a lot darker than it actually is off the bat. It starts yeah. off very light. 
um, the tone is a lot more comedic than I thought. So you get into the family's house. He's teaching, he's teaching English. There's some kind of weird things going on. You notice some kind of odd stuff about how like the housekeeper has been living there longer than the family itself. She's from the original uh, designer of the home. The architect. Over. Yeah. There's just kind of some funny vibes of stuff going on. The daughter starts falling for the son. The son who got the position, he got his sister a job as t- a therapist. Art for teacher the youngest therapist? Art, an art therapist. They're the rich family's youngest son is getting assisted by the scam artist's daughter. Then they got a job for their father to be the driver for the head of the family. And now this drive- one, I'm going to jump in. I'm sorry. I felt bad for the driver in this one. This guy was a good guy. He didn't deserve to lose his job. I None of them deserve to lose their jobs. <laughs> then the same thing happens to the housekeeper. with their True, mother. that was they messed they, up. Yeah, they really fucked him over. And that's where, I think that's where the re- film really starts to show its colors. When you get to the last household employee that they get fired to steal their job so that our main character family steals that last position it gets pretty fucked up and it's Mm -hmm. like okay at first it's like okay sure you're just trying to make money any way you can yeah and it starts to be like oh you're you're take you're stealing from other people now you're taking Mm -hmm. advantage as much as possible then in one like turn of events where the family says they're going to go out of town for this camping trip, they decide, fuck it, we're going to go crash the house and oh, boy. live in the house, you know, pretend like we live there for a minute, start drinking their booze, kind of partying in their living room and all this shit. They get nuts. It, that's where the movie turns. And I kind of, <laughs> I'm a little apprehensive to, to spoil what happened. No, 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 don't, we can't talk about that. Yeah. If you haven't seen the movie, if you have seen the movie, you know what we're talking about. But fuck, I did not see that happening. And that, that one, was, I'm like, ah, oh, yes. Fuck yes, that was fucking great. I loved the turn. And this is where the movie really won me over. The title of the film shines in the last act. I mean, mm-hmm. oh my God, it is worth the ramp up. Some of the things that you're going to be expecting to see that you remember from the trailer like a lot of that is at the end of the movie and for very good reason it builds up to this incredible climax before crashing down around you there's a lot of there's a lot of hints that are dropped early on in the film i feel like they do a, a great job of using symbolism and foreshadowing and it's very poetic what happens to each character it's whether deserved or not it kind of comes full circle and mm. kind of gave me these like Shakespearean vibes. It's very theatrical in how everybody kind of makes these big grain decisions. They, they take these big risks and the rewards are great, but then the failures are great too when it mm-hmm. falls through. And it's, it's a fun, it's a fun car crash to watch happen. Like it is. Yeah. Even watching it a second time and not saying anything to anybody. Like I watched it with Sarah and like, she was asking me questions. Like, I'm not saying anything, man. Oh man. It's just so fun and thrilling to watch. Yeah. You can, it has rewatch value, even though you know what's happening, you can start picking up on little hints here and there yeah. that are kind of scattered. I, w- I, I would like to mention the, without, without too much detail, cause I hope this will intrigue the last of you who haven't seen Parasite yet. The shot of the guy coming up the stairs when you just see his fucking eyes from the door, the doorway, and he just mm. peeks his head through. Fucking scary. I that was brutal. It it is it is intense. I I had a good time watching it. Again, it is not the movie I thought, to be honest, because I feel like the marketing oh, yeah. is weird. But hey, I feel like that made the movie even better for me because I went and thinking, all right, cool, I'll watch this little zombie movie or whatnot. And I'm like, holy fuck, this is a movie with twists and turns that I didn't know anything was coming. Yes. I loved it. A lot deeper than a, a surface sci-fi horror thriller. You know, like it, 
I, I liked that it had a lot more to it. Mm-hmm. The characters were very interesting. There was there sometimes there would be really fucked up things would happen, and I'd still sit. I'd find myself laughing, and it's like, oh my and god! And you're rooting for the shitty family too. You see them do some <laughs> horrible shit, and you're still like, yeah, I want it to work out for them. And then maybe later, like maybe not, but you're like, it's it yeah. really makes you question your morals yourself. It's kind of weird. I had yeah, I I definitely felt that as well. It's an intense ride. Cannot recommend it enough. Um, I will I will green light the shit out of this. I had an awesome time watching it. Would definitely watch it again. It's just different enough that I feel like if you're remotely interested in like a dark comedy, a not thriller but dark dramedy. I don't know how else to put it. Like it. Yeah, yeah. That's probably is, the best way to put it. Yeah. And then the the ad campaign that we had in the U.S. I feel like did not do it justice. That is not what the oh, movie and was. we're leaving off the fact that this is uh, I want to say a Japanese movie. Korean. I, it's a foreign Korean movie. It's a yeah. Korean movie. Yeah, the uh, the father is actually in a, a few other a few other films. I just remember Netflix keeps trying to recommend uh, the Drug King uh, Korean series uh. to me, and it's his face on the cover because when the movie started, when the movie got going, like, wait a minute, I know I've seen this guy's face somewhere. About a hundred times just starting up Netflix. So, <laughs> speaking of Netflix, the place I watched the film was Hulu. For those of you <laughs> who have it, you can find it streaming on there. The hype that it got, I get it now. It makes sense. It did have that punch. Go check it out. That was that was Parasite, folks. And I'm gonna jump in here. You just mentioned Netflix. I watched a movie that came out on Netflix back in July called Desperados. I'm sorry for the pause there. I was going to say compadres, but that's a totally different movie. Good movie as well. It's a Spanish movie, but this movie is called Desperados. Uh, It's about a woman who is down on her luck. She doesn't have a job. She's trying to become a guidance counselor for children, but Hmm. she's had no luck doing that. Then she's trying to find love and she goes on a first date and it doesn't go well. And as she's leaving that date, she trips and kind of knocks herself out. And this guy comes in and, (laughs) rescues her and they have this big long torrid not big long torrid there's like a montage of them kind of going on dates and then when they finally have sex the guy kind of ghosts her and she is freaking Mm. out for days and her and her friends are having drinks and like fuck him let's just send him an email and tell him how you feel about him so they write (laughs) some very malicious hurtful terrible things to this man and they send it Right after they send it, the woman gets a call from the man. Turns out he was in a coma, and he's in Mexico. Oh, But he he says, they won't even let me have my my laptop or my phone. It's back at the hotel I'm staying at. She gets all the information kind of where he's staying, and she's freaking out because she thinks this is the man of her dreams. However, she's not being herself on the dates or anytime she's with him. She kind of just lets him talk and goes along with everything that he is. And she thinks this is the man of her dreams because he's – rich he's successful hmm. he seems like a nice guy so she tells her friends i'm going down to mexico can you guys come with me i'm going to break into his hotel room get his laptop his cell phone i'm going to delete the emails before he can even see him he won't think i'm some crazy lady the girlfriends say sure and they go along with her and there's a lot of missteps <laughs> along the way there's like one scene when she first gets there, she has a bag and like the concierge guy is like trying to take it from her. And she's like, no, nah, I got it. And then a fucking dildo comes flying out of it. <laughs> and a little kid picks it up and is like, oh, mom, this toy is kind of cool. Oh, and mom's no. like, uh, put it down, put it down. And then she comes over. She's like, oh, that's actually mine. And at one point she ends up naked in a towel in his hotel room. And somehow the towel comes off and the boy kind of touches her. And oh the mother sees this again. 
And there's so many times where this kind of weird thing happens, and it's if you watch the movie, it makes sense. Okay. I'm, I'm going into one of my, <laughs> my, my spiels here, but let me get back into the story. So she's trying so hard to find his hotel room and get it. Her friends ends up giving up on her because she's gone over the top. She can't get what she needs done. They think it's kind of sad that she's not being herself around this guy, and she ends up in a Mexican jail. And that's when they're like, enough's enough. They have their own stuff going on. One of her friends has a newborn baby and her husband just cheated on her. And she's trying to figure out what to do with her life. Oh, and shit. another friend has wanted nothing more than to have a baby with her husband and they can't get pregnant. So they get their own mm. stuff going on. And like, you know what? We're sorry, but we can't help you anymore. But at the same time, the guy that she was on the date with before she met Mr. Perfect is at the same resort in Mexico with her. What? And he kind of helps her along the way because he's like having fun seeing the kooky thing she gets into. And he kind of helps her essentially get to the point where she oh, needs to get. I think um, I see where that's going. Yeah, I don't know what happens. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but you know what? It sounds like a goofy rom-com kind of movie, but it, it's really good. I enjoyed it. It oh, stars nice. Nassim Pedrad. Uh, I'm saying her name wrong. She's in a lot of things. She was on SNL for a while. She played... Uh, Jeannie's wife in the Aladdin movie. She was on the show New Girl. She uh, ended up marrying this character named Winston, who also is in this movie. It's an actor named Lamar Morris. Oh, he's the, yeah, he's the yeah. guy that is the the first date who's helping her along the way. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of cute because they're married on this TV show, and now they're kind of are they going to end up together? <laughs> type of situation in this movie. So it has those two as pretty much the main characters. Her friends are played by. Anna Camp, she is uh, from oh, nice. Pitch Perfect movies and some other stuff. Another, uh, unfortunately, she doesn't sing in this. Oh, um, shoot. Okay. Yeah. Uh, her other friend is played by Sarah Burns. She's a comedic actress. She's in a lot of things. Um, I can't really name a few. She's on the HBO show Barry. She was in a movie. Oh, nice. She's in a bunch of things here and there. And the Mr. Perfect guy is played by this actor, Robbie Amell. Uh, he's currently on new Amazon Prime show called Upload. He's cousin of this guy, Stephen oh. Amell, who's the Green Arrow on CW. Oh, wow. And it has a cameo with uh, Heather Graham. She plays this kind of ah, guru nice. person. Yeah. It's always oh, nice really? Her. Yeah. <laughs> so I know this movie shouldn't work. Like, it sounds goofy. It's dumb. Hell, there's a point where a fucking dolphin humps her and then swims away and then comes back up and slaps her in the face with his penis. So it's, <laughs> it's so wacky. And like I said, there's a thing with this little kid. It should be terrible. But it's not. It has heart. It has soul. And just the relationships that are built in it. It's strong. It's funny. Check it out, guys. It's a green light. Please. Awesome. <laughs> cool. I, it, is, it is on my queue. I will make sure to... I won't let it get buried. I, I will. I love to see if you like that. it or not. Oh, because yeah. Because I do like movies some people don't like. But I feel like this one's pretty strong. Nice. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, I remember seeing um, when it first got posted. I remember seeing the trailer get pushed to me and watch that. It's like, this looks really funny. I mm. added it to the queue, but kind of let it drift back because, you know, like you said, it's like, eh, it looks like a kind of average rom-com, but no, that sounds, that it's, sounds like a good time. It's sad. I've seen, I, I used to see it always popping up. I'm like, I don't know, but I really like that main actress and I'm like, she's funny. And then once I found out the other guy from New Girls in it, I'm like, oh, I really like him. I like the two of them. I got to watch this. I'll watch the trailer and then I'll watch the trailer. I'm like, oh, wow, this genuinely looks funny. 
which I don't know why I was shocked by that. Netflix has a good track record, I think. Yeah, they've been knocking it out of the park lately. What else have you watched this week? Well, sir, I'm going to take it back a few years to an old classic I haven't seen in quite a while. So not a brand new review, but something I think a lot of us are familiar with, the 1987 sci-fi comedy classic, Spaceballs. Nice. Ri- I want to say written and directed by Mel Brooks, or at the very least. And starring Mel Brooks? And yeah. starring Mel Brooks, yes. Uh, for those of you that don't know, it tells the tale of Planet Druidia is getting held hostage <laughs> by the evil Dark Lord Helmet, or was it? Darth Hel- Dark Helmet, God damn it. Yeah. I want to say Darth. <laughs> <laughs> Rick Moranis uh, at his oh, finest. Yeah. The whole movie is a spoof. If, if, if you weren't aware, it is totally a comment on the popularity of Star Trek, Star Wars, primarily Star Wars. But then it's mm. uh, a lot of the 70s and 80s sci-fi movies, the big epic uh, ones that were big and small budget at the time, very, very popular. And it kind of pokes fun, but appreciates all of the little the things that come with the, the genre. And it, it is a fun time you got to take it with a grain of salt given the period of time it was made who made it there's some humor in there that might Mm -hmm. upset a few folks but again you got to remember from when it was made it was the 80s sadly it's sad to say that but it's like we we don't have to put a flag on it because yeah sure if you are some woke teenager who's never seen it before you might be like oh fuck this is fucked up but if you're anybody who was born in the 90s i feel like you kind of get the chance yeah yeah exactly it stars a whole string of big names like we said mel brooks john candy uh, rest in peace rick moranis the fucking great great comedic actor bill pullman mr president himself uh, dick van mm. Patten does a great job as king roland i always thought he was funny being <laughs> a druid a couple funny mm. little scenes with michael winslow because why not and then freaking joan rivers as the ripoff c-3po like it's- i feel like you already said it but i feel like i'm totally missing it i spaced out for a second you mentioned john candy right oh yeah yeah, yeah. no i threw john candy up in there cannot forget right. the the canadian bacon himself oh yeah barf <laughs> gotta love him it's one of those that i probably watched the movie way too young given some oh, of the yeah. humor that's used in it but <laughs> it's a classic um, if you haven't given it a shot, like it's it's one of those you really should. Again, if if you're in for that kind of comedy, go for it. Can I be um, a weird person here? I, I love the movie as a kid. It was one of my favorites because I love Star Wars and I love this and it's hilarious. But back in high school, there was a stand-up comedy class that I was in and the teacher played the movie and honestly, it didn't hit me the same. So I'm happy to hear that it still stands up to you. And then I think, few years later i i rewatched some of it at festival supreme and it kind of hit a little more so i feel like i gotta go back and watch it again it's it's one of those now like i feel like i could see it's it starts to dry out a little bit for some people as i've gotten this last viewing though taking into consideration the production holy shit there's a lot of money that was spent on this thing the costumes are are funny and interesting the effects they use are, are are neat there's a lot of um practical effects that they didn't have a full-on star wars budget for but mm-hmm. they would do you know pizza the hut that was a crazy costume to, to have to put on uh as simple as barf's costume was i still loved the the mob <laughs> details his tail and all that shit mm-hmm. there is a lot of funny uh, things and that's one of my favorite things about mel brooks movies uh, now that i'm in the art department life are the, some of the ridiculous props they have to Ooh. make 
when you were saying that, one of the ones that stuck out to me the most was combing the desert. Yes. The giant comb. We didn't find shit. (laughs) (laughs) God. Wow. I I will say there's a few times where some of the stuff didn't land for me anymore, but there was other things in the movie to still take into consideration. The the number of locations they end up covering and they, they, they hit all of the beats. Like they go through all of the major kind of plot points that something like a Star Wars or a Star Trek feature would have. And I like that we we did it all. We get through all of the movements. It it wraps it up. Of course, you have to have the good guy win, but not without a hair-raising edge-of-your-seat moment where everyone's trying to escape the meltdown of the space station. And it's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. It's one of those old classics. It's another fun watch. But clearly, just even hearing us talk about, even though I did have that weird thing that you can totally go out and delete about saying it didn't hit me as hard in high school. But clearly, the way we're talking and going back and forth and little one-liners and these, this scene and that scene and this character and that character, 20, 30 years later, that's a sign of a good movie, I think. Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. For, if you're, for a sci-fi fan who's never seen it before but you enjoy comedies, please give it a shot. You're going to have a great time. You're going to feel bad about laughing at a couple jokes, I'm sure. But it's still going to be a lot of fun. (laughs) Check it out. Baseballs. What? What? You know what? I'm going to (laughs) stay in that same vein as you, man. I'm going to stay in the 80s. I might move into the 90s. But went on a date (laughs) with my dog a couple of nights ago. I went to the drive-ins and saw a double feature of Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2. Um, And, you know, it's been... A couple of years since I saw these movies on the big screen or in general. Uh, I saw a marathon of all the movies with previous toasters on the show. And uh, this time I said, I'm going to watch it again because I'm trying to watch some more horror movies. And it's kind of fun to see on the big screen. So Evil Dead, great horror movie, great directorial debut for a feature film with Sam Raimi. I don't even know how much more I can tell you. Oh my God, uh, five right. friends go into the woods. They stumble upon a book made on a human flesh. They accidentally play a recording where some words are said and some demons break out and take over souls of the people in the house. And it's a bloody fun time. And then that was made, what, in 81? Six years later, we get Evil Dead 2. Let's not follow anything that happened in the last Evil Dead movie. Let's have that same character, same car, Almost same house, same props, but let's add a little more of a budget to it, add a little more flair to it, and we get The Evil Dead 2. Still, solid movie. You can see Sam Raimi moving up as a director more and more. Yes, absolutely. And it's like he's setting a style here with his work. The stakes that get raised from the first to the second one, I really love. I love that injection of even more sci-fi demonic elements. Uh, Mm -hmm. Just like you said, uh, once you got that extra bit of budget, it made such a huge impact on the film and what the thing, the crazy shit he was able to do. But mm-hmm. th- going back into the first evil did the yes, camera movements and stuff. So- oh no, sorry. This is just oh, my own yeah. going all Those over were the stuff. Great. You establish, like you're saying, he establishes his style. Even from that first movie, you see the truest essence of, mm-hmm. of Raimi. You see, you get to see how he's going to end up making everything else he touches, you know, the little hints of his flavor. Oh, oh my yes. God. I just, I and love they're it. great. And it's like, wow, just right out the get go. And even the prosthetics, like stabbing in the foot oh, with a pen God. or chopping off or using a shotgun, just so many little things or the trees moving. It's like, holy shit, you're doing this with oh, no man. budget, man. It, it highlights things like the gag of uh, Ash's hand attacking him. Now, mm-hmm. Uh, yes, we're supposed to believe he, his 
possessed by a demon, but in actuality, they just thought of a great way to make him yeah. himself. Like, <laughs> and it was believable. Sadly, it yes. was good. It still holds up. Absolutely. And, oh my god! And that we did. I didn't even mention Ash. Well, I mentioned Ash. She's the main character, by the way. If you don't know Evil Dead, check it out. Unless you know the Jane Levy Evil Dead, it's still good. Ash is still in that movie at the very end. But fuck, Bruce Campbell is so great. He's comedic. He's charming. Sure, like you were saying with Spaceballs, some of the things that he says to women mm, yeah. might be a little racy, but it's like <laughs> that was the 80s, sadly. That was the 80s. That was the 90s. But this guy has charisma. And yes, I'm going to jump forward to, what is it, 91, 92. Army of Darkness. I didn't see that at the drive, and I watched that on Stars. That picks up pretty much right where Evil Dead 2 mm-hmm. moves off. And this movie, they're like, we're going to have the blow. We're going to have the gore. But we're going to go fucking crazy with the comedy. This is now Ash is sent back to medieval times. And he has to get the Necronomicon to go back to his time period. And even that does follow more of Evil Dead 2. But there's still things that aren't fully connected. Like in Evil Dead 2... When the portal opened, he got some, like, gray streaks in his hair. Like, he's, like, fucking uh, Mr. Fantastic or whatever oh, his yeah, name is right. from Fantastic Four. God, so many things. Even more so, we see Sam Raimi working stylistically, like you were saying, with the camera mm-hmm. movements. It's like, I give so much props to Edgar Wright for his, like, little montage quick action cuts and stuff. But Sam Raimi was doing that, like, when he's building his mechanical hand when he's doing certain things. Oh man, the prosthetics that are used in this movie and the animatronics and the stop motion. Fucking beautiful. It's it's gorgeous. Yeah. No, I love the the skeleton army walking through all Mm -hmm. of those fight sequences. I think look killer even today. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's dated, but the commitment to that art, like the commitment to creating those sets and the landscape of the whole film was awesome it's just Mm -hmm. not something we get to enjoy nearly as often anymore yeah still like my girlfriend never seen any of them and she's heard me talk about them from time to time and she saw me she was doing some stuff while i was watching uh, army of darkness just the one-liners that are thrown out by the side characters or like in (laughs) battle she i just she just kept chuckling and she's like this evil dead takes place in like medieval times like no no only the third one for (laughs) i had had to walk her through everything and she's like right simple question but it was nice to genuinely see someone who doesn't have any interest or knowledge kind of giggling at little jokes that skeletons that are supposed to be ferocious are doing it was funny i actually um that was also my first experience with the evil dead franchise i remember i think it was Middle school, you know, one of the movie channels uh, mm. was I had on in my mom's house way too late at night. And I just happened to uh, chain, flip over to this channel as the movie was starting. And yes. I roughly had heard of the films, but at the time I wasn't really into horror. So I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, this probably won't be my thing. But it was so funny right off the bat, even yeah. with the horrific monsters. I'm like, oh my God, that's what these movies are? Mm-hmm. Now... I understand. No, that is, that isn't actually <laughs> what all of them are. But I, I always thought they had an interesting kind of scale. It's like looking from the first film, eighty percent horror, twenty percent comedy, and then mm-hmm. the last film, Army of Darkness. It's like almost sixty, seventy percent comedy. The oh yeah, horror. easily. And then the the second one is like somewhere. I'd in say sixty forty, maybe somewhere like yeah. It's yeah, interesting 50, to watch 50, the transition, but... like a little less horror to a little more comedy from the f- beginning to the end, but completing the whole journey feels so satisfying. And yeah, 
it's such a fun ride. <laughs> and the thing is, as a child seeing that movie for the first time, you're like, yeah, this is spooky. There's fucking skeleton armies fighting. And like, it's intense. Like, my dad, normally in the, in the 80s movies, he'd watch a lot when they were on TV or stuff, and he'd want mm. us to watch it. And a lot of them, like, I can't stand. I hate that movie. I watch This movie, I was always on board for. I'm like, yeah, let's fucking awesome. do it. And one time we were at, like, a store, and, like, there was the Necronomicon, and, like, it was a DVD case for it. It was, like, an actual book came with it. So we bought it. Oh, shit. To, to his chagrin, didn't realize it was Evil Dead. The Necronomicon was Army of Darkness, so... Oh, it was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> sorry, this isn't what you were hoping for. It's something a little different. Oh, shoot. But still good. I always think of that when I think of that movie. I don't know why. That's, hey, that's a killer. But that, I, I remember seeing that in store shelves. That thing looks badass. That's a, it's a, it's a good collector piece, that's for sure. So, so yeah, to sum up, the, we're talking about the Evil Dead trilogy uh, directed by Sam Raimi, the guy who did the original Spider-Man trilogy and Oz the Great and Powerful and uh, upcoming Doctor Strange uh, 2. Oh, hell yes. Starring Bruce Campbell, the grooviest guy known to B-movies. Oh, hell yeah. Check it out. Green lights, guys. Go check them out if you haven't. Even like we are talking about with Spaceballs, if it's been a while, go watch them. They're fun. You want to come back to maybe like the 2020s, 2019s? Oh, I get. Uh, I guess. I All like right. living back here in the 80s, but you know, <laughs> something a little more, a little more modern. Uh, the next movie I got for us, although the movie is new, the story is comes from 2004. I watched the documentary Tread, which was released Ooh. on Netflix just last week. Yeah, and it came out. I want to say late last year, early this year. Mm. And boy, I saw the trailer and I'm like, I got to see this movie. Did I say the movie? No, but I'm so excited to see what you think of the movie. I particularly enjoy documentaries of this style. I kind of like the why the fuck did they do this story. <laughs> so it tells the tale of a man in a small Colorado town that uh, from the appearance of the, its citizens, he just fucking snaps and he drives an armored bulldozer through yeah. the like half the town destroying several businesses and Jeez. attempting to kill several people i actually recall hearing about it in the news uh when the when it broke out it happened on like july or june 4th 2004 didn't resolve until the 5th this guy had the fucking craziest plan to just fuck huh. this town up so it goes back um the story starts several years before when he first came to town he wasn't of great means he uh worked hard to make every dollar he had and he earned it yeah he felt like he wasn't accepted in this in this small town because he was the outsider he came in to a very old established place where like generations of families own all the businesses own all the land seems like a quiet tight-knit community he got the impression that ev like everyone in town is working against him. Uh, he recorded these audio tapes. His final messages to the world were a series of uh, cassette tapes that he recorded. And now, do they play the actual ones? Yes. In the doc? Wow. You, you, hear, you hear a couple of them throughout the movie. They play a lot of audio clips. So you're hearing the voice of the man who did this. Uh, they interview several people in town. The people he actually targeted, because he created a hit list that the huh. police found on his property. And throughout the events, they, um, when he started driving through town, they actually had to call ahead and try to warn these people to stay, stay away from this guy. So mm. it, like, like I mentioned before, it starts several years before where he creates this narrative where he thinks everyone in town is working against him. And over the next decade, basically, 
all of these events culminate in after he sells his business, which on paper, this guy did very well. He came out ahead in virtually every aspect. He got to live a pretty fun life until he just seemed to start losing huh. grip with reality. And like I said, one and day- And the he, people had no, no problem with him. He was like, just- No, they, they, they didn't. He was just a guy. Yeah, like, because you get both perspectives. You hear the audio, audio tapes of his twisted version of history, and then you hmm. uh, they interview a lot of the people that he was talking about. So whether or not they all actually conspired against him, you honestly can't really tell from the documentary because we're talking like to the present day after the fact. What you can tell is that this guy seems to have a twisted version uh, the the man himself, Marvin Hemeyer, that's the name of the the bulldozer driver creator. When when he storms out of the building or when he drives out of the garage that he constructs this thing in, it's this it's a siege on the town. This terrifying moment of your they interview the police officers who were called to him driving through this neighboring business. There's nothing they could do. The guy took several inch thick plate steel and built armor around the cab of this huge bulldozer and then filled the gaps of the steel with cement. So you, uh, 50, oh. they were firing 50 caliber armor piercing rounds at this uh, bulldozer, did nothing. They couldn't wow. shoot through this thing. They were lobbing bombs at it and it wasn't doing shit. It and nobody knew he was terrifying. building this? Was it just no. in a giant he did it in secret. Yeah, so there is uh, in some of the property that he purchased. And again, in some of the twisted history that he had built up in his head, this piece of property he bought at an auction, there was someone else who wanted the property as well. In his mind, they, they hated each other. The other guy was just like, eh, whatever. So I didn't get the property. Yeah. He bought the property next door and was fine. <laughs> and, and, guys, Nate, like, and that's the back and forth that starts getting interesting because when you hear what he's saying on the tapes versus what these the people they're interviewing are saying it makes you question the sanity of, of Mr. Uh, Hemeyer, the driver. It's, it is told to you very much like a lot of the other crime documentary stories that have been coming up on here. Some of the other series uh, don't fuck with cats where you get a little bit of recreation and then a lot of real footage where mm. there was a couple of police officers who had camcorders the day he was driving through town Oh, wow. Filming the event. So you see a lot of gnarly footage of just SWAT officers walking up to the side of the of this. It's a tank at this point. It is a fucking tank. And they're just firing point blank at the side of it. And you're just watching bullets plink off of it like it's nothing. God, and it was it's a fascinating story about a sad man. Like, it seems like they, this guy really shouldn't have had any issue. He only worked for half the week at a successful muffler shop. It seemed like most everyone in town did business for him. He was recognized as being one of the best welders uh, anyone in town had ever met. Jesus. Um, he went uh, snowmobiling uh, all the time. He had a, there was a big group of snowmobilers that he would, they'd go out with where it's like, oh yeah, there'd be, you'd always see him in a group of either four or 24 people all out riding huh. together at once. And then, and then he turned. It clearly it built up over time, but oh yeah, uh, yeah. Like I was saying, uh, it's told to you through reenactment, uh, found footage, and, and it's it's shot very interesting. I, I liked the the footage of the current interviews. They used interesting angles. They would play some of the audio tapes back for the citizens that they were interviewing. A lot of them had heard them before. One particular moment that stood out to me is one of his close friends, who also had no idea he was gonna. No one had any idea he was gonna do this. He said to this day, he won't listen to the tapes. One time oh. he sat down somewhere, someone had played one of them for him. He said he only listened to the first couple of minutes and said, you know what, I, I shouldn't be listening to this. And it, it was really sad because the look in his eyes told you something like, I 
probably should have figured this out. Hey, honest, there I was mean, no clues. That's the sad part in reality. You can't always tell when someone's going to snap and do something Fucking so man. dangerous and hurtful and terrible. In <sighs> in in retrospect, you see it later, but it's like you can't put that on yourself. You can never absolutely, fully, yeah. But yeah. it has to kill you inside. It's it, it's an intense story, and but riveting. I mean, the it's one of those like. If it were a movie, I think it would almost be too cheesy to believe that it would it would be ridiculous. I don't think you could write this as a script. Like you couldn't make mm. this uh, a narrative story. The fact that this is a documentary about a real event, it's scary. Like it's scary to think that there's people who are capable of doing something like this. And it's it's something that I think goes beyond someone who is like a serial killer or a predator in that sense. Whereas this is some, someone who spent a long time building up to this. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's not they went out and just killed someone. It's just to see the event unfold. Was just you can't look away. That's, and that's what's kept me watching it is that disbelief of this, this was real. Like, I cannot believe this actually Man. happened. Having said all of that, and this is heavy, I'll warn you, it's it's an intense one. But if you if you're at all intrigued for these kinds of human stories of just like how the fuck did this happen, I highly recommend it. Greenlight really enjoyed this movie. It was one of those I was probably watching it too late, but I it kept me glued to the screen. I could not look away. An unbelievable true story. Tread. I'm excited now. You really sold me. I was already sold, but I'm like. I need some backup. You're like the third person who told me this movie's really good, so I'm happy to hear that the two other people nice. aren't lying to me. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. So I uh, I'll close up shop with a movie that just came out last Friday, July twenty fourth, twenty twenty. It's called Yes God Yes. Um, it stars a couple of people that you might notice their faces, but might not know their name. Okay. But the main character is played by an actress named um, Natalia Dyer. She plays the older sister over on Stranger Things. So right there, I'm like, yeah, I like her. So I'll watch this movie. So this movie takes place in the early 2000s. It's kind of vague when, but we still have instant messaging and internet's not fully there. Uh, But it's about a girl who goes to Catholic school. Family's religious. Her friends are all religious. And we pick up on a date seeing her being kind of treated like shit by everyone at her school oh. because there was a party and her and another guy both went to grab a drink out of a fridge or something in another room. And somehow rumors started that she became a homewrecker because she tossed this guy's salad and she doesn't even know what that means. She's like, <laughs> why would I put my hands on his salad? That That's weird. And like, oh my God, even her closest friend is like, uh, yeah, did you do it? And she has no clue. And everyone's just calling her names and everyone's giving her dirty looks and it's terrible. And you can feel her pure anger and frustration. Today she goes into an AOL chat group. I think it's to play like a crossword game or something. And someone's like, hey, uh, I, I saw you in this group. Here's a picture of me and my wife having sex. And then a picture slowly opens and she's like, oh shit. She's like on a family computer. She's lost. She doesn't watch porn. She doesn't know what's going on. And, like, then they start to cyber. Oh, God. And it seems weird. But she's not saying anything dirty. She's just saying honest answers. But you can tell she feels super uncomfortable. Then the next day, her and her friend are at school. And the best friend wants to sit with uh, one of the popular girls. And one of the popular girls says, oh, hey, yeah. 
I'm a part of this kind of youth group style weekend retreat with the school. I think you two should really come. You'd benefit from it. So they go to this like religious youth group style thing where they're supposed to get in touch with God and where they're told even more that sinning is evil and this and that. And this is where this girl's sexually finding herself and opening up like, and she's being treated like a pariah. Hmm. It's just interesting. Cause she's seeing, Oh, everything's not as told. She kind of sees two of the big counselors there from her school off in the distance, filleting each other. <laughs> she sees the priest watching porn in his office because she's kind of in like a closet and she wants to step out, but this guy starts watching porn. So she starts seeing things and finding out that people are kind of shitty, that sinning isn't really this big moral issue. And it's an interesting movie. It's a slow burn. It's a comedy, but it's also a drama. I don't really know how I feel about this movie. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. I purchased it. I probably should have just mm. rented it, but I'm like, I want to support that type of stuff, indie films, especially now when films are so rare. And uh, unfortunately, I don't, I don't really know how to rate this because I liked it, but I didn't love it. So I'm going to give it a yellow light. It's directed by Karen Maine. She uh, did this big indie darling movie starring Jenny Slate called Obvious Child a few years ago. And this she made a short film of back in 2017 starring uh, Natalia. And then I guess that was the proof of concept to make this movie. I don't know if it's a personal story, but it's definitely hmm. definitely feels like it could be a personal story. And uh, it was interesting. It sounds like this a story that would be a part of something else bigger, if, yeah. if anything, right? Like, it sounds mm -hmm. like a storyline, like a B storyline that would go behind something else. I'm not sure what yeah. that is, but... Yeah, it's like I was waiting. I was waiting for you <laughs> when you're telling when you're giving the breakdown of the movie. I'm like waiting for the big turn. I'm like, oh, uh -huh. oh. no, okay. the big turn. I'm not going to spoil what the big turn is, but we're seeing this girl kind of come into her own and own her okay quirks and everything. And at the Which end, I'm good. like, I think the very end message. of the movie, she does something, and I'm like, fuck yeah, good for you. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So nice. yeah, but honestly, it feels like it could be a smaller story in a bigger world. Interesting. Like you were saying. The idea, the message sounds sounds good. I'm all yeah. about like human sexuality shouldn't be this totally perverse thing. And it's not this, mm -hmm. obviously not everything is hidden behind fucking closed doors or we wouldn't have the world we live in. So yeah. that's interesting. It's like, I, I'm, on, I'm on board with the general message, it sounds like. Mm -hmm. Don't know if I'm hooked though. I, no, like, it's not very hooky. Uh, but like I said, there are some faces that you might see and be like, oh, that person from that one thing and that person. From... So hmm, it's kind of cool okay. in that sense. That's and fine. it's very heavily religious, but not like in your face. It's more poking satire at religion. But uh, I'm happy I watched it because it was a brand new movie and uh, those are few and far sometimes. Not, okay. So, but yeah, um, honestly, though, if you are a person who kind of feels like you've been through that, if you went to a religious school you kind of gave up religion a bit. I feel like you might be the type of person hmm. who might gravitate and enjoy this movie because I wasn't you. brought up in that. I went to church and stuff. I went to Sunday school, but I wasn't in a Catholic church. So maybe if you're one of those people, this might be a green light, guys. I don't want to shit on it. So please do check it out. If that sounds like something that you've gone through, maybe it might be a funny way to remember your childhood. No, oh, dang. All right. What, yeah. And then where did uh, where did you purchase this one? Or where did you... uh, this one's everywhere? But I got it on Amazon Prime. I think it was like ten or twelve bucks, something like that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so not this... too hefty a price. 
<laughs> no, no, it's all good. It's like the price of a movie ticket. Once again, this movie is called Yes, God, Yes. All right. Check damn. it out, maybe. <laughs> there, there you go. Well, <laughs> shit. And I think on that note, we've we've uh, we've spilled all our all our movies out for you there, Toaster. Yeah, that was buttery. A, yeah, that was a solid roundup of stuff. I got some stuff I got to go check out. And the Desperados, man, I you you got me. I'm 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 going to see that one pretty soon. Separate is I was going to flip flop the movies. I was going to give the bad review first and the good one last. I'm like, nah, screw it. I want to get out my joy for this one movie first. There, yeah, why not? Yeah. No, it's, and, it's something unexpected. And Tread, I'm also excited to watch. So maybe one episode you might hear reviews for both these movies from a different point of view. Uh, yeah, could be interesting. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Well, awesome. Well, all right, man. That was a thanks for listening, everyone. Of course. As always, be uh, be sure to check out our social medias at movie underscore toast over at Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Reddit. You can also find us on Discord. The links are posted in said places. And then you can find our clips on YouTube at Movie Toast News and Reviews. Twitch, every Sunday night, Movie Toast News and Reviews, we try to have a live movie news show for you guys. And you guys can talk on the show to us and we can respond. And it's just a big community type thing. So please check that out. Like Dennis said, it's over on all our socials. We give updates like we're going live tonight. We're going live in a half hour, and then we're live now. Get over there. So please check that out. Like you said, YouTube, we also have trailer reaction videos we call Trailer Talk. Yeah, they're, they're quick, fun little dips into brand new trailers. Most of them we are only watching for the first time ever. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of a fun little experience to share with us get to see what our initial take is on some of this stuff and that's one of the things that's one of the things i find fun about movie trailers is it's trying to gauge how much of the movie are we seeing are are we seeing a good trailer sometimes it's a great movie and a bad trailer that's so true kind of like in this review itself when we're talking about parasite we both expected a totally different movie but pleasantly surprised that we didn't get the movie spoiled absolutely yes yes very much so yeah. Oh, awesome. Well, <laughs> it's it's been good, sir. As you toasters, I hope you enjoyed the episode. And as always, stay toasty. Fucking dildo comes flying out of it.